I'm not as young as I used to be, which means I can't treat my body the way I once did. In fact, last year's medical checkup didn't turn out the best, so I decided I needed to change things up and start eating healthier. One of the ways I do that is by making smoothies. But smoothie shop prices can be pretty high, and making them at home always seem like a pain. You gotta pull the blender out, find the right attachments, set everything up, and then cleaning everything is annoying, making it difficult to quickly whip up a breakfast smoothie in the morning. That's why I'm glad to tell you about the BlendJet 2 Portable Blender. Like I said, it's portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. It's small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. That's especially important to me because I wake up before the rest of my family, and once my kids are up, my morning work routine is pretty much shot to hell. And best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. BlendJet 2 has over 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from, so if you don't like one design, there's definitely one that suits your personality. So what are you waiting for? Go to BlendJet.com and grab yours today. Be sure to use my promo code, SuperCinemaPod12, to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to BlendJet.com and use my code, SuperCinemaPod12, that's SuperCinemaPod and the number's 1-2, to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. I told you not to do that, Orchid. Use a bloody door. I am glad to see you are well. Oh. How new is this one? Not what you think. It's the magic of the house. Decided it wanted to experience humanity and gave itself a body. It, it sure did. did. A spirit whose existence is not its own. Like myself. Interesting. Um... Yeah, we are. Back. Dead smooth you are, mate. Hey, it's been a while, you know? Powerful in true magic. Angry at John. This I understand. Yet, you still have feelings for him. I could kill him. pain. Your life is a patchwork of blackness with no time for joy. How do you cope with it? I have a butler. That was enlightening. Well, I guess we should have that chinwag about now. Welcome to the Superhero Cinephiles Podcast. I'm your host, Perry Constantine, welcoming a new guest today and a fellow podcaster and uh, comics fan, and that is Nick Jones. Nick, how you doing today? Not bad. How's it going, brother? Pretty good. Uh, so I'm glad to have you on the show, but before we get started talking about Justice League Dark, uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, and all that kind of fun stuff. Wonderful. I'm real good at this part. Uh, <laughs> so, like you said, my name's Nick Jones. I actually host... Three different podcasts at the moment. Um, focused on comics is the one where I talk to comic shops, creators about what it is they're doing. I mean, I, do, I also kind of branched out and start talking to like conventions and stuff. Um, so if it's like, hey, you run a convention, hit me up. Let's come on and talk about it. Like I talked to a shop. Uh, most recently, I talked to a shop out in Ireland, um, a Big Bang Comic, and I've talked to just talked to. Um, east coast comic fest which is on the in new brunswick canada so it's like i mean i'm based out of massachusetts like just south of boston so it's like oh cool talking to kind of people everywhere um and the other two i do is the 1610 incursion which i do with my friend jose we talk about the um marvel ultimate universe we're like about halfway through it i believe right now we just read ultimate two volume one um and we just been talking about that and out of that has spun the flying dead which is where my friend dan and i talk about the marvel zombies 
because they come out of the Marvel uh, mm-hmm. universe. Just, yeah, I just do podcasts, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so just brief digression. Uh, How does it feel going back to the, the Ultimate stuff? Because I had done a dive back into those books when they came on sale a few years ago. And um, my read overall was like Ultimate Spider-Man is still so good. Um, Ultimate X-Men and Ultimates didn't hold up as well, though. Uh, how about you? What did you feel going back to those? Um, We're kind of getting bendis out. Um, which is why, like, we're, so we're reading it in, like, there's the tradereadingorder.com or whatever I think is the website, and it's it's got it kind of broken down by, like, okay, if you read them in this order, then everything's kind of going at the same at the same speed. So we read a lot of Spider-Man in a row, and we didn't really touch the Fantastic Four. Like, I think they were, like, the first couple of books, and we didn't touch them for, like, you know, mm-hmm. six months or something like that. And now I was never really big into the Fantastic Four, like the 616 type of thing, mm-hmm. but I dig it in the ultimate universe. Um, and I, I will agree. The ultimates themselves don't really hold up very well. Um, the ultimate Spider-Man being like the benchmark for that, that line. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like, like the death of Gwen Stacy, for example, to us, like we had that we were talking about, it's like, we really like there were moments leading up to it where like Gwen was doing great. And then like the death just felt like cheap. And it's like, Oh, we just have yeah. to kill Gwen Stacy. Like, but you didn't have to do it that way. Like it felt kind of undeserved. And like, like you're talking about ultimate X-Men, like, beast basically dying off panel you're like mm. it's, it's just like little things like that but i mean we're having a good time with it which is good so i mean at least we're having fun with it i guess <laughs> that's good that's good yeah it's good that you're having fun with it at least um so uh let's talk a little bit about how you got into comics superheroes all that kind of stuff um very similar to like our connection point anthony desiato um i i was collecting comics a little bit before the death of superman but that's kind of the one, like, Death of Superman and Nightfall, the Batman storyline, that kind of, like, dragged me in where it's like, oh, I have to read all of these things. And that just kind of sent me down that path. Um, but, I mean, on the Marvel side, it was always, like, X-Men. Like, the mm-hmm. mutant books were always kind of my jam. Um, so, yeah, but that, that's pretty much it. And, and then on off again, on and off again, like, you know, throughout the years where it's like, oh, I'm going to collect now. And then, like, go, when going to the shop kind of feels like a chore. You're like, no, I'm not going to go anymore. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. and it's just like, well, I can't not get stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, I de- like right now I still get stuff weekly. Um, Like I'll reach out to the, my, my uh, local comic shop every week. I'm like, all right, pull these books, whatever. I may or may not go in that week to get them. But I mostly re- I read actually everything via trade anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Like I might have the single issues, but I'm not going to read a single issue. I will read it in trade format because then it's like, here's the whole arc. I don't have to wait until next month to find out what happens or whatever. Yeah, I had gone through that too myself. I used to be big into the monthlies. I had like, I worked at a comic book shop um, similarly to Anthony when I was in high school. And I think about 75% of my paycheck just went right back into the store buying comics. And I was buying like everything and like every week going in, getting, having like a huge stack. I was getting like 60, 70 books a month at one point. It, it was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. And then when uh, when I got in university, I fell off. And when I got back into it, it was first it was trades, and then I went back to monthlies with uh, with Comicsology. And I got to the point where my memory's just so bad now. And I'd read a book, I get a new issue, and I'd open it up, and I'd read the first page. And I'm like, shit, what the fuck happened last time? Then I have to go back and double check. <laughs> And it's that, and just like, I'm like, you know what, forget it. I'm just sticking with, now I get the trades, and I get them on sale on Comixology, so I get them at pretty much the same cost as, like, the getting the the individual issues when they come out. Yeah, I've I've sort of started working uh, out a deal with one of one of the comic shops I talked to. I can't really say which one because I don't want everybody to do it. But so you've heard of in stock trades and cheapgraphicnovels.com, whatever, where you can go online and they Mm. have them for like you know a sixteen dollar trade you can get for like nine bucks. I'm like, listen, how about instead of me buying it through them or me paying you full price, how about I pay you ten percent more than their cost and then you're getting all of my money and I'm still getting it cheaper. And they're like, as long as we're not losing money, that works. It's like word so I, I'll, I'll get it at a cheaper rate you know what i'm saying like don't get me wrong i love supporting my local shop at the same time like i can't go broke doing it yeah so. yeah, yeah yeah i mean i can't even support any local shops anymore because i'm in mm-hmm. i'm in japan now so digital comics is the only thing i can do i had to sell yep. my my physical collection um when my parents downsized and that was uh i've rebuilt it pretty much the whole thing through trade digital trades now but that was uh that, that was a tough decision when i had to make it Makes sense. So you, where are you from initially that you are now in Japan? 
Were you, well, I'm, were you... Yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from uh, Chicagoland area. So, um, you know, you're talking just off mic. You had um, yep. you talked with Oh Yeah Comics and Skokie. Bernie, who works there, was my teacher in high school, and he was on the show um, a few years back, actually. Now, um, and uh, so yeah, I grew up in in that area nearby there, uh, and then came out here about almost 15 years ago. Now I've been here. Nice. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's talk to about um, what are you into now? It could be comics, movies, TV, anything. What's kind of grabbing your interest uh, these days? Well, movies is a tough one because I have the AMC A-list thing, which is $24 a month, and I can see three free movies a week. So I see pretty much everything in the theater that I can, and it's like, oh, that movie's out. I have a little interest. I'll see it for free. So... Like, movies are kind of my thing. Like, escapism in kind of all of its forms are my jam. So, be it comic books, movies, books, video games, whatever. So, that's a very broad question. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, I just, with my stepson, we just watched the Fast and Furious franchise because he'd see none of them. And it's like, well, Fast X is coming up, so well, let's go through those. And now we're doing Indiana Jones because the, the new one that will be coming up soon. Yeah. yeah, and I think after that, we're going to do the Mission Impossible franchise. So it's just watching, like, rant, like don't get me wrong, I've seen them all, but he hasn't. So it's like, yeah, whatever. Mm. And I'll just kind of, like, whatever m- new movie jumps out, I'll be like, oh, let me watch that or whatever. Um, TV shows, like your like Ted Lasso on Apple Plus is great. Um, I guess my friend of mine texted me and just let me know that the newest season of Rick and Morty just hit HBO Max, so I'll be able to watch that finally. Mm-hmm. Um, but video game-wise, man, like, I have the Marvel Midnight Suns game, and I started playing it. And I was playing Fortnite with my son for a little while because, like, when Fortnite was first around, it's, like, all building stuff. I'm like, no, thank you. But then they had zero build. I'm like, all right, I guess I'll play it now. But I've kind of fallen off that again. But Rocket League is all I'm really playing right now on the Xbox. Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, Yeah, I've only seen – I I saw the first episode of Love and Death, that new uh, HBO Max series with um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen. And that was pretty good. I think I'm going to stick with that. and also still like Superman and Lois is such a good show. I'm loving that uh, mentioned going back to the Superman connection. Um, I've been meaning to catch up on Titans because now they got the the last part of the final season out. So I need to catch up on that. But I haven't I haven't watched that yet. Um, like what? Yeah. But anyway, uh, today we're talking about Justice League Dark, uh, the animated movie, uh, part of the the DC animated or DC Universe animated original movies. And mm-hmm. uh, this came out back in 2017 it was the the penultimate film in that because after this was justice league uh apocalypse which you know apocalypse war which ended that that universe um so what what's kind of your history with uh justice league dark uh did you read the justice league dark comic that the new 52 put out um i didn't read it but i have the omnibus right behind me uh-huh. But again, one of the things I always say is collecting comics and reading comics are two totally separate hobbies. So I will read it at some point, but I haven't read mm-hmm. it yet. But I basically get all of the DC animated movies. I'm, I think, a f- three or four behind at the moment. Um, because when it comes to like the live action on screen movies, DC kind of bites the bullet on that one, and Marvel has that on lock. But mm-hmm. the animated movies, DC crushes it with the animated flicks. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, oh, Justice League Dark. Let me check this out. And. I watched it. I'm like, all right. I like. I've always liked the character of Constantine. Like the show that was on. What was it? CW. I think. Uh, no, it was on. M- it was on NBC, and then he oh, ended yeah. up moving over to CW when they brought. Um, they brought Constantine into Arrow and Legends. Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I like. I, and I like that the 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 actor of that show and stuff like that. So, and obviously Batman and Zatanna is way more powerful than I ever really thought. I guess because I never mm. really, really read a lot of Zatanna stuff, but she. In this movie here, she was like, all right. <laughs> so it's just kind of, for me, it was just the whole, like, the thing. I'm like, all right, again, DC animated flick, a new one. Let me get it. Let me watch it. And that's how I kind of get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never read the Justice League Dark comic book. When it came out at the time, I thought it was kind of a, because I, I I came up with the um, with John Constantine, the Hellblazer series, where it's kind of like in its own continuity. And so it was, first off, it was a little jarring for me to see John Constantine in the DC universe. And then being a member of a team that was called Justice League, um, my first reaction to that was kind of like visceral. Like, I'm just like, oh, you're putting John Constantine on the Justice League? I don't know if that's such a good fit for his character. Um, so I never read the book, but I hear it's really good. I've heard it's, a, it's an amazing book. Yeah. And um, I, I definitely hear you on the have 
collecting comics and reading comics are two different things. My to read pile on my Kindle is just massive. You got like a few hundred graphic novels on there that I have to get through. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'd never, I, I haven't picked up just League dark yet, but I am hoping to at some point. Um, but like you, I loved that, that NBC show. I've got it on, I've got it on my Plex library and, uh, I've seen it all the way through at least two or three times. And Matt Ryan is just like the, he's like the perfect actor for, to, to play Constantine. Like just from, from that very first episode, he totally captured everything I like about that character. So mm-hmm. when I heard that not only he was coming back on Arrow and then on Legends, but that he's also voicing the character and all these animated stuff, I'm like, good, I'm in. I am sold on that. Um, so I was really looking forward to, to this just because of seeing more of Matt Ryan as, as John Constantine. Um, and of course I had some familiarity with some of the other characters. Like I'd read the Alan Moore Swamp Thing run. Um, uh, Zatanna I'd only known little bits in here from like her p- various guest stars in different comics or animated series. But I was ne- mm-hmm. like you, I was never like a big, I was never really tuned into Z- Zatanna in any big sort of way. Um, or any of the other characters like Deadman or Etrigan. I was never really a fan of those, but, um, but yeah, I was, I was curious to see this and see how it turned out. Uh, what were kind of your thoughts overall in the, the DC, this DC animated universe? Because in general, I agree with you that, Marvel has just completely dropped the ball in animation. Like it yep. ever since um, Disney transitioned all the Marvel animation stuff under their own banner. It's just, I mean, I don't think I've seen a good one out of it. Like Avengers assemble, you know um, the ultimate Spider-Man, none of them caught my interest at all. Um, nope. Nothing, nothing really has been like, has, has reached the heights of earth's mightiest heroes or Wolverine, the X-Men or spectacular Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, same thing, like, um, as far as, like, the whole, like I said, the whole DC animated universe, I dig it, like, but the only thing is, is I just watch every movie as its own standalone thing, because mm-hmm. it's like, there's no real continuity to any of it, so mm-hmm. it's like, there is some, a little, like, a little bit with the Justice League movies, but at the same time, like, wait, you already got, you guys already did this whole thing, but there's no point, like, where it's like, oh, the new 52, it's like, hey, Batman number one, this is a whole new thing, or whatever, they just kind of, like, we're just going to change the stuff and go along with it. And you're just going to watch it and enjoy it and call it a day. Basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the continuity in this series, I, I really don't know what DC was trying to do with, or why they were trying to do that because they had continuity stuff on TV with the Arrowverse. They had it mm-hmm. in the movies with the Snyderverse. So it felt weird. Like, why are you trying to do the, the continuity thing in the animated stuff too, when this is the Avenue where you can tell all these stories that are out of continuity. And it always felt weird to me when they're trying to to squeeze it and fit these stuff. Like, um, like I love the the death and return of Superman, but it it did. You could tell there there was obviously a course correction when they're like, "Oh wait, Superman is supposed to be with Lois in this story, but in the Justice League movies we had him with Wonder Woman. We've got to throw some dialogue in there to change that up." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, just that's what I said. Like. I don't pay attention, like, little things, I'm like, whatever, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's its own movie, I don't care about, like, oh, this happened in Justice League War, and now we're in Justice League whatever, because there are so many just, like, standalone Batman movies, yeah. that it's just, like, whatever, because they do all, a lot of the Elseworld ones, and, like, even with Superman, like, they have, like, the Red Sun one and stuff, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know what, every movie's its own thing, I don't care what came before, what comes after this, this movie I enjoy, that's all. Yeah, that, that's how I I try to approach it too, and um, yeah, that kind of new, new stuff was just kind of weird. Um, and I thought they were going to stop that after they ended uh, with Apocalypse War, but then it looks like they're doing it again with the the new stuff that's coming out. Um, so we'll see how how that shakes out. Um, but overall, what was kind of your opinion on on this movie? See, I thoroughly enjoy this movie because of how much Batman hates magic. <laughs> like when something would happen, and he'd just be like. Hmm. Like it made me laugh literally every time it happened. So I enjoy it a lot just because of how basically miserable Batman is. You know what I mean? Like I like Batman. Don't get me wrong, but him being like, you know, like when the, um, the demon thing appears in the hospital and it explodes and everything, he just looks in the room and is like, Hmm. Like he's just so angry about magic because it's not something he can control. Mm-hmm. And like him messing with like the spirits or whatever that were surrounding Richie. And they're like, they're right in his face. Like, yeah, this one's escaped us many times. He just goes, boo. And even though he can't see them, like 
I don't know. It just it's a, the movie's a lot of fun to me. Um, but other than that, like, what what did you you hadn't seen it before either, had you? No, I had seen it back when it first came out. I think uh, I had seen it back then, and so then I'd watch it again to just kind of like refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, my my whole thing was it, it the Batman stuff of it feels kind of weird because it doesn't feel like he really has a whole lot to contribute to this plot. Like I, I, I there are several points where I just kind of forgot when I see Batman on screen. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, Batman's in this. Yeah, because he he's got no place being there, and that's like mm-hmm. that's what made it more fun for me is that like he's clearly the fish out of water in this whole situation because you have you know Zatanna, Deadman, Constantine, I mean Etrigan, you got Swamp Thing showing up, and Batman is just like I'm just a dude in a Batman costume, I guess. like a bat. That's all he is, a dude in a bat suit. So him being so out of place when he's usually like I don't want to say he's like the coolest guy in the room, but that's typically what it is where he's like you know he knows everything about everything. But he cannot like with Batman with uh, magic. He knows nothing. And like when um, there's the part where they first get into the house of mystery and um, Batman's like, what did he say about uh, dead man? And Constantine's like, listen, I'm not playing telephone between you two. Here you go. Now you can see him and talk to him, whatever. Like, here you go. Leave me alone. That was that was funny to me. Yeah, my I think I would have liked I like that idea of Batman being this fish out of water. I wish the movie would have played a little bit more with that, though, you know, like kind mm-hmm. of deal a little bit more with him reacting to stuff. But as it is, it just felt like a lot of times he's just kind of just standing there. And it felt like the movie was it. I mean, I think I think a big part of it is they're like, well, we need Batman to sell this movie. So that's why they have him in there. And then but at the same time, they're like, but we don't want to undermine Batman. So we can't have him, you know. We can't play up the fact that he's a fish out of water, so we're just gonna just kind of ignore him most of the time. Yep. And that was kind yeah, of I disappointing mean, for me. I, I would, I wish I, I would have seen a little bit more of that stuff. Yeah, because like you said, they're like, you know, we have to make use Batman to make this real. I guess question mark. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, he he's like, what are you gonna do? Have Superman there? Who his one weakness is magic, so he's literally gonna get wrecked right away anyway. Right. Um, and Wonder Woman, like. It was those are the only ones that were there. Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. They didn't have any of the other Justice League involved, right? Yeah, as far as I could tell. Yeah, so it's like you got to have Batman there. And I mean, it should have just been. I think the second one is just Constantine or whatever. I don't think there's like a, you know, actual like quote unquote superhero involved. I think it's just all the magic people. Mm-hmm. Um, But the yeah, like having Batman just kind of stumble his way through without the same time they didn't make it slapsticky which i mean you could have done like an adam west type of batman where he is kind of like the bumbling type of thing but still good at his job i think that could have they could have played it that way i think that would have been interesting uh especially given that they've they've been playing this batman in um in the justice in the dc animated movies so far as like so hyper competent right this is the guy who Mm -hmm. who stole green lantern's ring off his finger so to switch it up and then have him be the one who is completely out of his depth would have been a lot of would have been a fun reversal for for his character i absolutely agree i mean yeah i mean they they showed that in this I, it happened in another movie too, where he stole the ring off his finger, right? Or is it just this one? That was in uh, that was in Justice League War, I think it was. It was the first Justice yeah. League movie, yeah. Because yeah. he does it again in this too, where he's fighting mm-hmm. uh, John Stewart, and he, I did, I did chuckle at that when he like, you know, knocks him, like, you know, takes his ring, kind of does a little smirk, and then tases him. Yeah, that was amusing. <laughs> um, now I think the the standout for me in this is definitely again. Matt Ryan. I mean, there's no surprise here mm-hmm. that Matt Ryan is just is, is the standout performance here. But he's just um, what what do you think? What was your take on, on him as Constantine in this? Well, again, like so he was it was the same voice actor that did the, 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 that did the NBC show, correct? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it felt like it wasn't I'm trying to figure out how to word it like. Sometimes when you see an animated person, like an animated character that you've seen live action, you're like, oh, and it's a different voice and everything. Kind of take, I would say it takes you out of it, but you're like, oh, I'm used to this interpretation or whatever. Right. And then like this, it just, just felt like more Constantine, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I mean, I think that happened to me with, um, uh, taking it back to Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the voice mm-hmm. actor they got who played, uh, Tony Stark. It's so obvious he's trying to do a Robert Downey Jr. impression and he's just not getting anywhere anywhere close to the ballpark of what it needs to be and it just comes off as grading whereas Mm -hmm. you know 
And this, you know, we don't have that because it's the same guy. But also, too, sometimes when you get these live action actors to do voice work, it can sometimes be a bad thing, too, because sometimes they that while they, that works in live action, sometimes it doesn't translate as well in animation. It does with Matt Ryan, though, like he's able to perfectly cross over to from live action to animation, which in a way kind of disappoints me that we're not going to see more of him as John Constantine, because one of the things I have been hoping for ever since DC universe, you know, that, that old app came out was that they would, they would bring back Constantine, the, the TV show and bring back Matt Ryan. I figured that was one of the reasons why they were keeping him around on, on, on arrow and legends is that they were hoping that maybe we can get him back to do a Constantine show. And now it just seems they're just going to be completely starting over from scratch with the character. Yep, because James Gunn's coming. He's like, nope, we're throwing away everything unless I've touched it. If I've touched it, no, 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 that stays. <laughs> just kind of a yeah. bummer. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Peacemaker. That show was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Suicide Squad's good, but it's like, like Henry Cavill should have had like a better a better shot to at least close it out and then move on or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even just do an Elseworlds movie with him or something. And be like, hey, we're going to do our own thing over here. Because I mean, the one person they stuck with was Ezra Miller. It's like. I don't know, bro. That that might have been a weak choice, but yeah. um, we'll see. I mean, they're getting me into that one because it's got uh, 89 Batman back and like yeah. as Keaton as Batman. I can't not see it. My my whole theory about Ezra Miller is that I, I'm think I think WB has just been kind of like, look, we need this to be a we we've put so much money into this movie that we need it to to do well in the theaters. So don't talk shit about Ezra Miller until after. Once the movie's out, then maybe we can just quietly shuffle them off. Is that that's kind of my theory of what they're doing? Um, which I can kind of why. Yeah, and 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 I'm fine with that. Now, if they keep them on after that, then I'm going to have issues. But but for the most part, I agree with you. Like I love James Gunn. The Suicide Squad was you know far and away my favorite of those DC movies. Um, not a lot of competition for favorite there, but <laughs> um, yep, I, was, yep. I was not into the Snyder stuff at all. I love everything I've heard about uh, Superman Legacy. All the stuff that he's announced so far sounds great to me. Uh, I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and it was blown away by how by how amazingly well he landed that plane. So I'm, I'm completely on – and Peacemaker, like you said. I love Peacemaker. Uh, I'm completely on board with what he's doing, but at the same time, I'm just like – yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're getting John. You're keeping John Cena. I'm glad you're keeping uh, Viola Davis. I don't. I, I hope you're you're just saying that Ezra Miller might stick around, and you're not serious about it. But you know, there's no reason you have to recast Gal Gadot. There's, I mean, Ben Affleck. I understand he's done, so I, I get his reason for not. Mm-hmm. But and Henry Cavill, man. I mean, like you said, he does. If anybody got a bad shake as Superman, it was him because even Brandon Routh got a chance to do his version of Superman in crisis. So I, I would have hoped that we could have gotten at least one good performance out of Henry Cavill and everything we've heard about Superman legacy so far doesn't sound like you couldn't have done it with Henry Cavill. So, so I'm with you 100% on that. Yep. So sidebar about guardians of the galaxy three, people are saying that it is like Marvel's best trilogy. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I think I'd have to agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, because I know the other contenders, well, I guess, because I, 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 you can't really call the Avengers movies a trilogy because there are four of them, even though, even if you look yeah, at but there's it, a part one, part two. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you look at Infinity War and Endgame as, as one, mo- one big movie, you could. Um, but even still, like the other trilogies that are in contention, you've got the, the Iron Man trilogy, you've got Cap, you've got, yep. uh, and then probably Avengers. Cap was my favorite. Um, uh, Winter Soldier is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Uh, Civil War mm-hmm. was was amazing. Um, I love the first Avenger, but it's it's not as strong as the other two. And mm-hmm. and with the Avengers films, like I love all of them. I love the first Avengers. Um, I like Age of Ultron a lot. I know a lot of people are kind of down on it, but I enjoy it a, a whole lot. Loved Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, the Iron Man stuff. Eh, Iron Man two. I like it more than most. I I dislike Iron Man three more than most. Um, so yeah, I think I'd probably have to say Guardians is the one that's been consistent all throughout. And one of the things I really like about what he's done with it is each one is kind of its own flavor of movie too. Like you've got yep. um, 
the the first one is just kind of like introducing those characters, and it's uh, and and we're getting introduced to the whole cosmic stuff. This and it's more plot focused. the The second one is a lot more a lot more character focused. I love the the fatherhood stuff in it. Um, it, it was the last movie I actually saw in the theater with my dad before he died, so so that has special significance for me because of that. And then this yep. last one, um, we're actually going to be doing a recording at the episode on it tomorrow. Uh, nice. God, it, it was so good. It was just, it, I, I was a little bit nervous if he could tie everything up. I thought the Adam Warlock stuff kind of felt like this is obviously something that was left over and since stuff had changed and now we don't really know what to do with him completely. But that was the only real gripe I had with it. Other than that, like I, I, I had tears in my eyes through most of that movie. It was great. <laughs> So for me, I'm gonna have to agree. Like Guardians One is my favorite um, MCU movie. It's like it, it's either that Civil War or um, Winter Soldier, maybe, mm. and um, Ragnarok. Kind of, it's the, those are the top three, four in any order. Depends on the day. I was a little bit let down with Guardians Two. Not like not saying it's bad. It's just not you know as good as the first. And the third right. one's good as well. But for me. It's got to be the Captain America trilogy, even though that's weird for me to say. Cap, like the first Avenger is, it's all right, whatever. But Civil War and Winter Soldier are the two, like, hands down, like the the best MCU flicks. So I would say Guardians is probably the second, maybe the third best trilogy if we're talking Avengers mm-hmm. being classified as one. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll agree with what you're saying about how, you know, each movie, like, I love James Gunn. Like, yeah. I actually got, um, there was a screening of his movie Super in Boston where he was actually there and did like a Q&A afterwards and I got to go to that and I was like this close to being able to say hi to him and like shake his hand but like he got pulled away I was like ah oh, so close but <laughs> like so like Slither is great like I just love like I've loved all of his work anyway um so I'm curious to see how he'll what he'll bring to the DC universe other than like you know the Suicide Squad now mm-hmm. as far as um the whole Adam Warlock of it all I don't know if you watched the pitch meeting things by Ryan George on YouTube or not, but he just mm. did Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah, that guy kind of irritates me. <laughs> he irritates a lot of people. I can see that. But he brought up a lot of good points in the uh, in the Guardians one because he's mm-hmm. like, and we have our, uh, like, you know, produce guys like, and Adam Warlock and the writer's like, uh, what what about him? He's like, well, we, we promised him, so we got to use him. He's like, uh, okay, he's the one that hurts the thing and does the stuff. I'm like, all right, fine, that works. You know what I mean? Because just like you said, it just kind of feels like it was, I don't want to say forced in, but it's like it was kind of going to be a big thing, and it's like, meh. Yeah, I wonder if there was supposed originally a plan for him to be involved in in, in um, Endgame at some point because they had had that whole thing in, at the end of Infinity War with uh, mm-hmm. with Thanos and Gamora as a child and like the Soul Gem, and then nothing came of that. So I, I feel like there was something that was – that was planned that ended up getting scrapped. And so um, I'm curious, I would have been curious to see like the behind the scenes of what that development went like. Um, but anyway, back to back justice to the- league dark. Right. Yeah, the movie we're supposed Sorry. to be talking about here. It's okay. It happens all the time. Um, I thought it was odd having uh, Richie Simpson as the one who's um, kind of like the big bad in this. It, it felt like a, mm-hmm. an, a, an odd choice because, you know, he was, you know, it, when, especially because if you've you know either watched the NBC show or if you read the Hellblazer comics, I mean he's an example of one of these guys that Constantine has just kind of screwed over in his you know recklessness. And I don't know, I felt like having him as the the big bad of this kind of detracted a little bit from that. What did you feel about that? Um, I don't have much history with like the Hellblazer comic. I always wanted to read it, but it's like oh, I like it's. Again, like you had mentioned, the Alan Moore like run on Swamp Thing. I have mm-hmm. that in trade form over there. Just haven't read it yet. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I want to get it, but there's so much to get. Like, and then when would I actually read it? It's like um, twenty plus volumes. It's there's a lot to yeah. get through. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I love Vertigo though. It's probably mm-hmm. my favorite line is Vertigo. Um, but like having him be like, you know, when they go to visit Swamp Thing, for example. And it's like, oh, you know, I just can't let him know it's me. And um, someone's like, oh, someone else that you've pissed off or whatever. What a surprise. <laughs> so it's kind of like just kind of like the whole thing with digging that like Constantine hole deeper and deeper about how many people he screwed over and like what he does to save himself, even though he's like he's supposed to be a hero or whatever. He's like, 
when it comes down to it, he's going to save himself before anybody else just because that's what he does. Because mm. if he's dead, he can't save anybody else anyway. So it's kind of like having it be Richie, I think, makes sense. But he was kind of duped at the same time because he was like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you know, it's me. Like, I like he we're going to do this thing or whatever. It's like, no, no, son, like you got this whole thing twisted. And now you're just a, a pawn in this big scheme. So, I mean, I think it would have been better if it wasn't like if I don't want to call him dumb. But you know what I mean? Like, it was almost like he got he was like, ha ha, I'm the big bad guy. It's like, mm, you're not, though. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's the kind of the ghost ending. Mm-hmm. Um, Zatanna was actually pretty impressive for me. Like, like I like we mm-hmm. said, I hadn't really paid much attention to her before. I, I She's one of those characters that everybody seems to love. And I just never really got the appeal of just um, but I enjoyed her a lot in this. And I think that they did a the the redesign they did on her costume, right? Because you her classic costume is she's wearing the magician's outfit with the top hat and the fishnets, and mm-hmm. they had um they had done they had toned that down a little bit, and I think I really liked the way that she looks in this. I thought the design was really cool. It it doesn't lean too far to the superhero stuff, but it's not as kishy, I guess, as the magician's outfit. So I thought it was a nice balance between those two. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's more like practical i guess because i mean if you look at like 90s comics it's like women don't have torsos and whatever whatever torsos they do have you're gonna see everything in it and it's gonna be in this weirdly cut thing it's like Mm -hmm. i'm sorry how is that woman supposed to fight in this (laughs) um but yeah like you said this is more practical if you want to wear it that way where it's like you know yeah it's still whatever but it's not like she's you know hanging out all out of the thing or whatever right she's actually wearing like regular pants instead of like you said fishnets yeah, and the and the 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 gloves that she has, like the the um el- the arm length gloves, they they really mm-hmm. they they have like this kind of like a, it's it's a very mystic feeling kind of a design. So um, without being out of place, so I thought it looked really cool. Um, Etrigan is another one of those characters that I I think it's an interesting concept, but I find that speech pattern annoying. It's kind of like you know, <laughs> <laughs> I you know. Our, our buddy Anthony always talks about Bizarro, and he hates the way how Bizarro speaks. And and mm-hmm. I totally get that too. Um, it's it's always it always. I had done an episode with him on his show about uh, uh, the Gail, uh the the um, Steve Siegel run and the Gail Simone run and the Mark Hayden run. And in one of Gail Simone's issues, uh, they have got Bizarro, and she I think it was Cheetah mentions that trying to figure out how bizarro speaks like breaks her brain and i'm just like yeah she speaks for all of us in that moment right <laughs> um, and i get kind of the same feeling with etrigan and just like you know how he has to rhyme everything i'm just like ah oh, this is so irritating i i did like when he was about to call um like insult um constantine and constantine's like hey now like so he doesn't he doesn't what he doesn't say horror i think is like mm. he stops right before he says it and he calls him a killjoy which amused me but yeah, I mean, I don't know what much, I did like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know much, like you said, same, th- same thing here with, like, I don't know a whole lot about Etrigan, um, but I don't know, something about the fact that he's a demon from hell, and he was like, sweet, I'm going to be free, and like, eh, no, you're not, mm-hmm. fooled you, <laughs> now, you're, now you're bound to this person, and then, was it, what's, what's the guy's name, is it Jason Blood? Jason no. Blood, yeah, Jason Blood, yeah. Blood, okay, yeah, and it's like, now you're bound to this guy here, and now he can't, die, he can't die, and you're trapped unless he says these stupid rhymes to make you come out. It's like, mm-hmm. well, if you're so upset about having the demon inside you, just don't say the rhyme, I guess. It doesn't seem like it's <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm afraid of sharks. Don't go in the ocean, bro, and sharks yeah, will yeah. leave you alone. <laughs> it's like, just don't say a rhyme, and Etrigan won't appear. Mm-hmm. Unless, I guess, you say, he makes you say it in your sleep or something. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know enough about Etrigan. I know Garth Ennis did a run on him at one point, so I'm curious mm-hmm. to check out that, but... But otherwise, it's just one of those characters that just never really appealed to me too much. Um, I did one of my one of the coolest moments I thought in here though was when uh, uh, they they bring up Swamp Thing to attack Destiny, and then Destiny rips Alec Holland's corpse out of Swamp Thing's body. I thought that was like whoa. Mm-hmm. And like you just have the single tear come down Swamp Thing's face, and then he mm-hmm. disappears. Yeah. Uh, any other things that kind of really jumped out to you? Like I, I'm having a tough time really finding a whole lot to talk about with this movie. I mean, the the standout for me was obviously Matt Ryan, and and the things mm-hmm. that I most noticed was just you know Batman's 
lack of action, lack of a presence really in this movie. And, um, and as for the rest of the team, like, you know, I think we get some good moments with Zatanna, her relationship with John is covered pretty well. Um, but I didn't feel like we got enough with the other characters. Like we have the whole thing with dead man and black orchid. It just kind of feel felt a little bit tacked on at the end there. didn't feel like it was really developed that much. Um, Swamp Thing is ostensibly a member of the team. He's on the cover and everything, but he's got a very minor role in comparison to the others. Um, I don't know. What about you? What were some other things that jumped out at you with this? The Felix Faust fight, where Zatanna basically just like overloads, I guess is the way to word it. Because so, you know, they go to fight and he's like, haha, I have I have it so no women can speak in here. I'm like, bro, really? <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. I'm like, wow. I mean, but I mean, he did it for like it wasn't. Like, don't get me wrong, he says a scummy line about it, but he's like, you know, I have this specifically because of you, because you're right. the only real threat. I mean, he says that when they're fighting, it's like, you're the only real threat. I'm not really worried about these other people that kind of like, you know, hacks compared to you. And then when she forms that giant sword and like is about to kill him and constantly jumps in the way and she makes that sword explode and a bunch of other swords kind of point all over Faust. I thought, like I said, like Zatanna, I don't know much about her, but like, if she's written this way in in comics or whatever, I would absolutely read one of her books just to kind of see how it goes or whatever. But yeah, like that was like, wow. I'm like, I didn't realize she was that powerful, I guess. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, I, I thought that was that was a cool scene, too. I And I also thought that was that was clever of Faust to because that's Zatanna's whole for anyone who, who doesn't know Zatanna's whole shtick is she does magic by her, her spells are basically just the word said backwards so yep, backwards you know, yeah yeah um I, I you know so if you're like you know if you're telling someone if you're doing a spell that says go it would, you'd say og instead or something like that um mm-hmm. which is cool when it works in comics uh i'm not it, it's hard it's harder to translate something like that into 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 movies i think it works very well in comics though um yeah because in the in the um like, I usually have subtitles on just because, like, sometimes some, there'll be a loud noise and I'll miss something that was said. Whatever. I'm old. I can't do mm, it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with that, it just says speaking different language or speaking foreign language or whatever, like speaking ancient tongue or something. It's like, it's literally just the word backwards. Like, I know that. You could just put the words on the screen backwards. You could easily do that. But the the person doing subtitles is like, no, not today, Satan. <laughs> Uh, also, I like the the poker game at the beginning too. That was a fun moment uh, with the with the three demons. Yeah, and I like how they were brought back later. Like the whole like how I guess Batman figured it out because he's the world's greatest detective allegedly. Um, when the big demons, he he has them fight in their final form. I guess we'll call it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh no, look here's here's what they here's what they look like. He could have summoned them at any time. And like the whole Faust does this whole huge fight with everybody and like basically destroys his whole joint. And then at the end, he's like, why, why are you here? Like, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Mm. Why are you coming in to fight me? Not just like saying that to begin with, like, yo, why are you fighting me? Nope. We're just going to destroy my whole house and be like, why? Why are you here? What are you doing? Yeah. 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 Um, oh, also interesting here. Jeremy Davies, uh, he had also played Richie Simpson in the Constantine TV show. I didn't realize that was the same guy. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I mean, like you said, they're the, they're they're kind of holding these people on. Maybe they're going to do something with them. And that's like, no, fooled you. Mm-hmm. And also the House of Mystery. That's another callback to, to Game and Sandman run, too. Uh, that's where Kane mm-hmm. lives. Um, and this is. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the things, too, about this uh, DC animated universe is. And one of the things that kind of disappointed me is they. They had this kind of like set art house style for all these movies in this series. Uh, what do you think of the kind of like the animation style and the designs for for this these characters? Like like how you were saying, you know, Batman just feels kind of like you know, in the background type of thing. That's the way his outfit looked to me too. Like mm-hmm. Superman and Wonder Woman, eh, whatever their look. But again, like the the main like quote unquote main Justice League people weren't really involved. Like they show up at the beginning. And then they show up at the end, and that's it. <laughs> They're not in the middle at all. Fooled you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Constantine's look, theoretically, isn't too hard to nail. It's just, as long as he's got his, like, you know, beige trench coat, you can kind of nail it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and we already talked about Zatanna's look. So, I mean, as far as, like, the overall art style, it's, again, I just kind of take it for what it is when you're watching the thing. You know what I mean? Like, 
it the the art isn't so distracting that you're like, oh, I can't watch this because sometimes mm-hmm. there's a movie you put on something animated and you're like, oh god, this is not what I was looking for at all. Right, right. Yeah, um, I feel like the the Swamp Thing design didn't feel. It felt a little bit too. I mean, it's with this animation style, it's hard to do detail anyway. Mm-hmm. But it Swamp Thing's hard to translate into animation because he's such a that design is so busy in the comics. Yeah, it's and, and he looked very. I mean, I guess plain is a way to word it. Yeah, like he was like a green blob with here. Have some vines on you, and you have red eyes. There you go. Um, well, you mentioned the Superman thing. One of the things that annoyed me about the Superman design is that the the S shield has no has no outline, and it mm-hmm. it almost makes it kind of like fade a little bit into the character design. It doesn't feel like it pops enough like it should. Yep, and like like. I mean, now it sounds like kind of like we're, we're shitting on the movie or whatever, but I saw a lot of fun with it. I know mm-hmm. you're kind, you're seeing more in the ambivalent type of type of phase with just with general issues with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the like the all of the movies of this era, I guess, have this art style. Yeah. So if yeah. you've watched like one of the other Justice League movies, it's like, oh, okay, Superman looks the same in that. So they at least carry the art across you know what i mean it, right, they yeah. might all not all look the exact same but they they at least kind of keep it close you know what i mean mm-hmm. well uh let's talk about that in terms of in comparison to the others then. i think that's a good thing because we've got uh this this uh series had um a total of it's a bunch of films um not sure what the total is but so we had it started with the flashpoint uh paradox then justice league war son of batman uh justice league throne of atlantis Batman versus Robin, uh, Batman Blad, Bad Blood, Justice League versus Teen Titans, Justice League Dark, uh, Teen Titans Judas Contract, Suicide Squad Hell to Pay, uh, Death and Return of Superman, uh, Constantine City of Demons, Batman Hush, Wonder Woman Bloodlines, and then Apocalypse War. Where do you th- where would you rank Justice League Dark in in those movies? Um, considering it's the one I've watched more than any of the other ones, it's, it's, it's towards the top for me just because again, like I, I think I'd watched it a couple of times before, like we had talked about, Oh, we're going to talk about this movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched it twice in the last week cause I watched it a week ago and I'm like, you know what? A lot's happened in a week. Why don't we see if we can squeeze it in before we record? Hey, look at that. I did. Um, but I mean, so those, the last two viewings don't really count. Um, just because again, you know. It's kind of cheating saying, oh, I've watched this movie four times and right, the, other, right. the other one's only watched once. Yes, but I watch it for a podcast specifically. Um, but I mean, I feel like to me, like I said, I've watched this one more on its own even before recording about it. Again, for me, it's more of the humor I get out of the Batman being miserable because anytime he feels miserable, I feel joy. Even though I don't, I'm not saying I dislike Batman and I want him to be miserable. It's just he always is like the smartest person in the room or whatever. And it's like, but now he is so out of his element that it's, I mean, like they didn't, they didn't play it up quite as much as you would have liked. And I understand that as well, but I just, I don't know, man, like just like when he looks in the room after the, um, whatever the dogma monster that explodes all over the place is, Um, and he just goes <clears throat> like, just like the, he's so angry that he doesn't understand what's happening. It just makes me laugh. So no, for I- me, it's, it's, it's a top, but yeah, I totally get you on that point. Um, and one of the things that kind of uh, irritates me about fandom is when they want characters to be like perfect all the time, and you see that a lot with Batman mm-hmm. and, and with Spider Man too. Like I saw something on Spider Man Twitter complaining about the fact that when Spider Man appears in other books, he's always they always talk about what a great hero he is, but in his own books, he's always getting shit on. I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of the point of Spider Man. He is he you know, he is getting shit on, and then he rises above it. If you don't have that. It, it's not a Spider-Man story. So you want to have these characters challenge and put through the ringer. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm totally with you on that. It's, it's, it's cool to see Batman, like always find his way out of things too, but you want to challenge the guy. It, it's fun to, you want to see him knock down a peg. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And with the Spider-Man thing is like, when he guests in other people's, when he, when he guest appears in other people's books, it's like, no, no, no. He's like the superstar in his own book. It's like, Oh, it's just he's that's just his life. Like mm-hmm. he's always gonna get shit on his own life. But when you go somewhere else, it's like, you know, you're the host of this podcast, like you're the one that's responsible or whatever for everything. Right. You go on someone else's podcast, you're like, Ooh, I don't gotta do a fucking thing here. Exactly. I am the hero. So it's it's that's just kind of the way it works with, you know, 
being the main character or whatever of your own story, you're the one that like you see everything that happens to you mm-hmm. when you go to something else. They're only seeing that moment of your life. Whereas mm-hmm. like your, your, your main book. Yep. This is, this is my life all day, every day. This is what I deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now for me ranking this now of the ones I haven't seen uh Constantine city of demons and I haven't seen wonder woman bloodline. So I can't compare it to, I also, yeah, I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen justice league teen Titans versus teen Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh no. Yeah. I That's did see not- that one, but it was a while ago and I, I, Shows how much that stood out. Um, but I think uh, ranking these ones, I think I would probably put Suicide Squad Hell to Pay at the top. I think that's probably the best one that they've done. Um, I would agree with that, actually, because Suicide Hell, like that one, that, I, I, I do remember that. Wait, yeah, Hell to Pay, I've seen, I think there's two Suicide Squad ones. There are right? two. Yeah, the other one is The there's Assault on Arkham, Arkham, which is, Assault on Arkham. yeah, it's not that great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that I feel like that one's like that same one with like the Deathstroke one that came out that I was like, ooh, that wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. I, I I never saw that one either. Um, but yeah, this one. Um, see, I wouldn't put uh, just Suicide Squad would probably be the top one. And I think mm-hmm. I would probably put Death and Return of Superman as number two. Um, and then probably Apocalypse War would probably be number three. I had a lot of fun with that. I know some people didn't really like that, but I thought it was it was it was really fun, especially the scene when um, we find out that Constantine had an affair with uh, <laughs> um, the the shark character in that. Yep, yep. That's because that was Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I didn't enjoy that one as much as this one, only because of like it's a very serious movie and whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, to me, just felt more you know light and fun or whatever. Yeah. That's why I looked at it, even though it's still the end of the world, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Although I think, yeah, but if I'm just talking about the Justice League movies, you know, obviously Apocalypse War would be would be number one mm-hmm. for me. But I think this one would probably be number two. Um, like Justice League War, I, I don't even remember Throne of Atlantis. So that one did not really make an impression at all on me. But I, War was okay. It wasn't anything special. It was just kind of like there. And I think this is more entertaining than War is. So I think I would put this as yep. number two for me in the Justice League films. That's still, hey, you know what? Number two, number one, like in the top five, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah I didn't I mean, pick a dud. That's all I care about. Well, I mean, it's not a bad movie at all. And I think some people, um, I don't know. I, I, I can't remember what, if there was much of a positive or negative response to this. I know Justice League uh, Apocalypse War got uh, some negative response. but I So I was kind of surprised when I saw it. I'm like, I actually really dig this. Yeah, and I mean that's the thing. Like, um, a friend of mine, he he deals with like movie reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, "Oh, you should come do movie reviews for me." I'm like, "I can't." I'm like, I talk to people. It's like, "Oh, did you see this movie?" Oh, okay, well, you know, if you like that movie, this movie's kind of in the same vein. Blah 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 blah. And it's more of a personal like chat. Like, I can't just like write a review. Like, I and like I don't know if you've tried recording podcasts into the void where it's just you talking. I, have, I cannot yeah. do that. It is the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Like, yeah. listen, obviously I talk a lot or whatever, but like I need someone to bounce back off of. You know what I'm saying? Like, I cannot talk into the void. Like, I can't I can't do it. It's it's the worst. No, um, I get you. I had um my I do another podcast called Japan on Film. And like the first 20 episodes or so was just me doing it on my own. And and I just couldn't keep up because I had to write scripts and everything. And it was just it was it was a hassle. And I, and so then finally, I'm just like, I have to either change this format and start bringing in guests or I have to stop it because I couldn't I couldn't keep it going like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to record a little like a little blurb. Um, there's a, a comic fest coming up in the end of June. And the, the, the guy gave me a pair of tickets to give away for the show. He's like, hey, you just give them away. Like, just give me the name of the person that wins and I'll put them on the guest list. So I just to record a little thing like, hey, you know, I was given a pair of tickets to give away to the show. You just got to, you know, to enter, just do this, 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 blah, blah, blah. And I, it took me like 20 minutes to record this like 30 second clip mm-hmm. because I'm like, all right, I guess I have to type out a script because I'm just losing the plot when I'm just talking to myself. Yeah, it's the worst. I'm with you 100 percent. Even with a, had done that a few times. Like, oh, I just have to record like, you know, one minute. It's no problem. I can just wing it. And I'm just like 20 minutes later, you know, five wasted recordings. Just like, fuck, got to write it out now. It's the only way to get it yep. done. Yeah, after right. <laughs> Have to write it down. You're like, really? Um, it's literally just me. Like, I'm still yeah. fucking it up. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think that's a pretty good note to end this on. I mean, I think this this uh, animated universe it it's got 
mostly kind of just mixed overall, but I think this movie is one of the highlights, and, I, and a big part of that is Matt Ryan. I don't think I would have liked this as much if, if it wasn't Matt Ryan as coming back as Constantine. I can agree with that. Um, any other final things you wanted to say about Justice League Dark? Nope. Like I said, I mean, it, is it streaming on HBO Max? Because I feel yeah. like they have all of the the, the, the DC movies there. Um, if you got, like, what, it's an hour, 15 minutes or whatever? Yeah, no. it's uh, 75 minutes. Yeah, 75 yeah, minutes. 75 minutes. Yeah. yeah, 75 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes. So if you got an hour and 15 minutes to kill, I say watch it, enjoy it for what it is, mm-hmm. and that's all. That's as far as Gumpone said, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it, it's a fun movie. It's it's great seeing uh, Matt Ryan back. Um, I am curious to go check out City of Demons because I haven't seen that yet. And that was, um, in fact, based on this, they decided to make that because uh, because of the, the popularity of Matt Ryan coming back to do Constantine in this. Um, Makes sense. But honestly, I'd say if you want to, if you want more Matt Ryan as Constantine, track down that NBC show because that thing was gold. Is that streaming anywhere? I don't. I think it's. Uh, it might be on the CW app. It was at one point. Like I said, I've got it on on. I've got it myself, so I don't have to worry about it streaming anywhere. But it used to be on CW Seed. I think I'm not sure if it still is. Yeah, that's the thing. Like people are like, oh, why do you buy physical medium? Like, because what if I wanted to watch something and the internet goes out or whatever. Well, I mean, HBO Max just already proved that, right? They yanked uh, the Justice League animated shows off of it. So it's like after that, just like, well, obviously this is why. And also Westworld, right? They yanked Westworld off. They yanked a whole bunch of other stuff off. And and, and now that stuff's like, where are you going to get it now? So yeah, I'm definitely uh, going back to a lot more physical media myself. Yep, I, I buy physical media and then I just um, upload the digital copy to my iCloud or whatever with like the iTunes movies, mm-hmm. whatever. And I watch them digitally, but I own them physically just in case. Yeah, I do How a many lot of that too. Was uh, it was just one season. Just yeah. one season, it, like only like 12, nine or 12 episodes, something like that. It was a short episode run. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, you can buy it on Amazon and Vudu. That's the only place it's not streaming anywhere for okay. free. Okay. But yes, I, I would also support that. Go watch that show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do that too. I, I get the discs and then what I do is uh, I'll rip them and I'll put them in my heart. Uh, I got an external hard drive linked up to a, mm-hmm. a HTPC and I run them off on my Plex library off that. And because yep, that way I got it all easily ac- accessible. We don't have to go. We don't have to keep big DVD shelves because we don't have space for them here in Japan anyway. So, um, mm-hmm. so I got all the discs as backups if I ever need to, if anything, any files get corrupted. Um, but yeah. Nick, this is a fun conversation. Thank you for for coming on and talking about Justice League Dark. But uh, why don't you tell people where they can find your stuff? Um, so again, like I said, I have the three podcasts, which is focused on comics, um, the sixteen ten, the sixteen ten incursion podcast, and the Flying Dead. They're all you know everywhere podcasts are. Um, I'm still on Twitter, even though I don't really do much with it anymore, just because I don't really have the time and I don't care. Um, but lane at 360 L A N E I T three six zero on Twitter. And that's kind of the easiest way to get in touch with me. Cause everything else, like my Facebook is just like, yes, if we don't have at least one mutual friend, you can't even talk to me. Don't look my way. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, thank you for having me on. It was a good time. Yeah. We'll have to have you on. We'll have to have you on focused on comics at some point. Yeah. That'd be fun. I'd love to do that. You know, I do, um, I do comic book lettering and I am, I've done some writing too, and I am working on a, uh, a project right now. You can probably see it on on the video here. I've got my tablet set up doing some inking work over here. Um, but yeah, I'm totally down for that at some point. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll have links to your your podcasts and stuff in the show notes too. So anybody's interested can go go in the show notes, check those out. As for us, superherocinephiles.com is the website. Super Cinema Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And um, also, if you join our Patreon page, you know, for as little as a dollar a month, you get these episodes a week in advance, no ads. Plus, you also get access to the Superhero Cinephiles Book Club, where once a month or so, I sit down with a guest and we talk about a comic book or a graphic novel. And um, yeah, and again, get that access for just as little as a dollar a month, you get all that. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. If you enjoy the Superhero Cinephiles, then you'll also love my companion podcast, the Superhero Cinephiles Book Club. 
All my Patreon subscribers get access to this exclusive podcast where I review superhero comics and graphic novels. Not sure what comics you want to read next or what you should dive into? I've got you covered on that. I'll be doing reviews, recommendations, and also talking to you about useful entry points if you're interested in reading some comics but don't know where you should start. Plus, you'll get access to all episodes of the main show a week before everyone else. On all of this, for as little as just a dollar a month, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash supercinemapod and you can sign up at any subscription amount to get started. Thanks so much for your support, and please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and as always, good night, good evening, God bless.